We grow when we give. We grow when we give. We grow when we give. Nosotros crecemos cuando damos. We grow when we give. We grow when we give. Welcome to ROG, Return on Generosity. I'm your host, Shannon Cassidy. This podcast celebrates generosity at work, not financial giving. Giving valuable time, mutual respect, alternative perspectives, and genuine collaboration. Episode 111 of ROG. Our topic today is mentoring. Whether you have participated in mentoring or you've been a mentor, or maybe you've just heard a lot about it and don't really know what it is, today's episode is to take a deeper dive into understanding what it is and and how to leverage it, or maybe even how to be a mentor to others. That's something that we hear a lot of our ROG guests talking about, so thought it would be worthy of an episode. I've been the beneficiary of great mentoring throughout my career. Since I started Bridge Between, one of my first mentors was Philemon Lopez, who helped me to get my entree into Comcast. And then since then, Martha Soren took the lead and was really helpful and directional in how I could be supportive to the leaders of Comcast. And since her retirement, Mel Penna and others have been really wonderfully helpful and mentors to me. In my coaching life, one of my former coaches, Cheyenne Smith, and another former coach, Courtney Lynch, have also been extraordinarily generous and helpful to me. And they are sounding boards, people that I reach out to who have walked the walk and also talk the talk. They are consistent and authentic. They behave in ways that I want to emulate and model. They're people that I really trust, respect, and appreciate. So for you to be thinking about who are some of those people in your world who you really want to have more access to, who could help you to see things that you may not be seeing them because you're a little too close, or maybe you're so far away, like in the case of Philemon and Martha, that I didn't know what I needed to know in order to be effective and support people internally in their organizations. So just to be thinking about who are some of those people that I might want to have an informal mentoring relationship, and then are there opportunities to have a formal mentoring relationship? So one of the roles that I play as a facilitator is I help organize and lead mentoring programs. So that means that I would work with an association or an organization. Very often it's a women's leadership type of a group and help them to figure out what is the purpose of the mentoring? What are some of the needs of the potential mentees? Who would be the senior level people who would take the roles of mentors How will we solicit mentees? So in some cases, it's an application process. So the human resource leaders make recommendations or the leaders themselves in an organization volunteer or nominate somebody to participate in the program. Then that application is reviewed. And then there is a matching process between the mentors and mentees. Sometimes if there's a scarcity of mentors, we do mentoring roundtables. So that would mean a group of, say, eight people would be a part of, of one mentors group. Very often we do two mentors 
and six mentees. So the total group is eight. And that way, all of the weight of leading the sessions and facilitating the conversations isn't on one person and it's spread across two mentors. In cases like that, be it a one-to-one mentoring relationship or mentoring circles, it's really helpful to have structure. So for those of you who are organizing something like that, please reach out to me and I'd be happy to share best practices with you. But the mentor role is different than the mentee role for obvious reasons. For one of the things that a mentor is, is an advisor. They are giving recommendations. They're sharing lived experiences and stories, lessons learned, sometimes the hard way. Um, They are a protector in some cases. They might see the mentee about to do something that they think would not be wise Or maybe if they're in the same organization, they might be able to stand up for or represent the mentee if needed. They are a challenger. So they're going to look at what are the ways in which this person has said that they want to grow? What does their individual development plan say? What is some of the feedback they've received? And how could I challenge them to even push further to expand that comfort zone beyond where they currently are? And they might at some point be a sponsor. That is not a expectation of mentors straight out of the gate because the difference between a mentor and a sponsor is a mentor is somebody who is willing to share their lived experience with you to help you be stronger and to get further faster. A sponsor is somebody who is going to take an active role in helping to move you further along in your career. There's somebody who would be willing to invest some of their relational capital in your opportunities. So that is not an expectation that we should have of somebody that does not know us really well. However, if we're in a formal mentoring partnership, that person might just see enough of our potential that they would want to sponsor us um, given the current situation or what would be most useful to the mentee. So in a mentoring relationships, mentors are expected to assist the mentee in developing those goals, getting really clear, stretching them, helping them to find that potential. They're also, both parties are responsible for confidentiality, the trust that is built and the level of transparency that the two will be able to share is going to be contingent on how much they trust each other and how comfortable they are with their confidentiality agreement. They want to be able to provide honest feedback and observations. Here's what I've noticed. These are some of the things that I've picked up on. This seems to be a pattern, things like that. And they need to be able to make time available for the mentee. So in a formal relationship, that would be like once a month. and In an informal relationship, it would be as needed. But they're not expected to drive the relationship. They're not expected to do the follow-up. They're also not expected to be a sponsor, like we said. And they're also not an expert in every given field. I've had many mentor-mentee partnerships that are focused on work-life integration. And the mentor will openly admit that they have far from mastered that. And they sure hope that the mentee is not expecting them to, you know, give them the magic secret sauce. The mentee has a really significant role in the relationship. They're leading the relationship. It's really for their benefit that the two are in a partnership to begin with. They are responsible to set those goals, be really clear, hold themselves accountable, do the work that it takes in between those conversations to demonstrate that they have taken some action. 
They also need to be honest and be willing to share what's imperfect about them. And as uncomfortable as that is, the mentor is going to be limited in how much they can help the person if the mentee is not willing to really share what's going on, share some recent experiences of setbacks or even just their own perceptions of imperfections or maybe even their imposter, the way that they are second guessing their own value. The other thing that the mentee must really commit to is listening, active listening, really be engaged in what is this person saying? What do we tend to focus on? How can I make sure I'm taking responsibility for getting the value from this relationship? One of the other things I would suggest is that you tell your mentor in advance what you want to focus on so that they can get their head in the game and that you don't run the risk of being distracted or talking about topics that aren't most prevalent to you, um, but also so that the mentor can prepare if there's anything that they might want to prepare in advance. So the stages of mentoring, be that informal or formal, is that you're first going to form the relationship. You, you may never even use the word mentor. You might just call them a confidant or a trusted advisor, or you just appreciate them making time for you. Then you're going to develop the relationship by investing in it, by following through, by offering your precious time and attention. That's for both parties. And then you're going to end the relationship if it's a formal one, because we don't want the mentor to think that this is just an open door that may go on for eternity. We want to give them a sense of beginning, middle, and end so that there's some structure and that we know that those goals have been accomplished and that there's been progress and that everybody can feel that sense of achievement. So wherever you are on this journey, if you've been a mentor, thank you for volunteering your time, attention, and talent to another person for their betterment. If you are somebody who is seeking a mentor, but you're not really sure what to do, think about somebody who you really admire, who has some lived experience that would be valuable for you to learn from, and then make the request, tell them specifically why you chose them and what you're aiming to accomplish so that they know that you're being really intentional with how you're going to use your time and then make the request. And if they say no, ask somebody else. Amy Evans in the last episode, 110, talked about this as well. So take another listen to her episode for some more advice. Well, thank you so much for joining us. For those who have been participating here live on YouTube, please make a comment because I just want to make sure that this is value add for people who are joining us online. Um, And please join us next week for episode 112 with Jonathan Reynolds. Until then, stay generous, everyone. Thanks for listening to ROG, Return on Generosity podcast. Please help us grow by subscribing and reviewing us on your favorite podcast player. And for more information, visit bridgebetween.com. We grow when we give. We grow when we give. We grow when we give.